Hello guys, and welcome back to our podcast. This is Paint the Town Dead, and I'm half of your host, Caitlin. And uh, unfortunately, Andrew cannot be with us this week. Um, He had um, a a death in the family, unfortunately. So please be sending all your good thoughts, vibes, um, and if you pray, your prayers towards Andrew and his sweet family. Um, But I do, we do have a guest, a couple guest hosts with us this week. We have... A very dear friend of mine, Miss Oakley Pruitt, and her husband, who has, as I said before, right before we started, a face meant for radio, Stephen Pruitt. <laughs> hey guys, what's up? Hey everyone, thank you. <laughs> that was a joke. They're both the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life, and it makes me want to vomit. So, oh my gosh. So, um, uh, Oakley and I work together. Um, she she handles the X ray machine like a boss. Um, she, she does a little mammography as well. So in case you don't know, that's the little, little boob squishing. So making sure you don't have cancer. So thank you for what you do, Oakley. It is invaluable. It really is invaluable though. For real. Thank you. Ladies, if you're 40 and over, a mammo is the best ammo. Oh my gosh. I love that. Isn't that awesome? That was amazing. I have a t-shirt that says that and it's like, been my mantra ever since did you get it at your old job yes okay cool um (laughs) steven let's talk about what you do you make sure people don't have cavities i do i am a dental hygienist so uh i'm a male dental hygienist so that puts me (laughs) in the uh four percent of the employed population who are uh, dental hygienists that are also male. Four percent. Four percent. Ninety-six percent female. I believe that. I've never seen a male. <laughs> He's <laughs> also known him. as a gynecologist. That sounds an well, awful lot like like an OBGYNist, and it, I don't like that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I bet yeah, it's I, I catch a lot of good comments. I bet you do. Yeah. I bet. Do people do? Never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wonder what the percentage is of male nurses. It's probably a little bit higher than 4% would be my guess. Because even in the cath lab, we have like, what, one, two, three, four, five? We have quite a few. Five or six guys, Mm -hmm. which is a lot. So when I graduated, I graduated from UAMS Uh in Little Rock, and we had three out of uh, 35. Whoa. That was the largest class. For, for of men uh yes yeah. oh my gosh yeah and then so and yeah and at the time uh student rdh actually did a uh, a feature on our class because of that so is that like a what is what is it's, um, it's kind of like um it's kind of like a like a study app type of organization for oh, uh for dental hygienists for dental hygienists yeah helps them pass the national board exam cool so yeah well thank you for what you both do you're both invaluable and when you finally have babies they're gonna be unnaturally beautiful (laughs) they're gonna be like the like bella and edward's baby from twilight where it's like the most beautiful baby in the world my face is probably super red right now i'm so sorry you guys are amazing um literally oakley and steven are like some of the oh (laughs) Oakley lost her ear. Some of the nicest people that I've ever met in my life. But let it be known, we're really, really sad Andrew can't be here this week. Yeah. Yes, Andrew, we're thinking about you and your family and praying for you and um, just thinking about you and your family getting through this time. Yes. Thank you, Oakley. That was, see, the sweetest people you'll ever meet. It's just not fair. <laughs> Clearly, Oakley doesn't know me very well or she wouldn't be my friend <laughs> because that is not me. Um, so what's been going on in you guys' life lately? What's been happening? Weird hours at work? Gosh, I'm ready for that to be over. Yes, I'm super over that too. Yeah. What, and Steven, you, wow, you, you, you weren't able to work there for a while. Yeah, so, um, had a, uh, unplanned, uh, staycation <laughs> for about a month. And, uh, but fortunately was able to, uh, after a little time off, uh, I had a really good employer who yeah. said, "Hey, come back yeah. and let's uh, let's work some emergencies. Emergencies were allowed to continue, so um, That's we, good. we were able to you know try and keep people out of yeah. the ER, which uh, is with, what they wanted. Yes, yeah. yeah. So and then uh, 
And then the uh, directive and the guidance changed on uh, May 11th allowed us to resume elective procedures uh, given certain provisions were met. Right, right. So back well, at it now. I'm really glad that you're able to be back at it. That's, yes. I, I, that, boy, this has been a scary time. Andrew and I, I think, say something about it every week where we're like, like, wear the mask. Don't be a weird baby. Wear the mask. Don't just... Nobody wants to do it. It's not for your benefit. It's for everybody else's. Wash your hands. Cough into your elbow. Just use your brains, right? So, which, why am I telling you guys? You guys know this. This isn't new information to you. It's a good reminder, though, just for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's like a weekly reminder, too. It's like, just in case you forgot from last week, just kind of drop this. <laughs> drop. Make sure to drop this. Um. So, let's get to it. Are you ready? We're ready. <laughs> Oakley just saw my big fat cat and she got excited. I'm very distracted. He's like the biggest cat I've ever seen. <laughs> so, we have the work, just just a side note, we have the work Christmas party for the past two years we've had it at my house and uh, one of our coworkers named Ashley, she, she came over and she took a picture, no, this was before the party, it was sometime this winter though, and she took a picture of the cat. Sent a picture the picture to her husband, and he said, "My God, the cat!" <laughs> because he is that big. He could seriously probably set some kind of record. <laughs> he's not that big. <laughs> I haven't seen much fatter cats. I think he's sick. I think he's losing weight, so it's not good. But look how like I brushed him. I had to. I had to cut. He had so much matted. He's getting old. He's thirteen years old. Oh my goodness. He had a bunch of like matted fur spots on his back. Yeah. Because you know when cats get old, it gets kind of mat. So I had to yeah, sit there and cut him off today. So he has a couple bald spots. On his back. <laughs> my poor kitty. Poor my poor thing. fat kitty. He's just <laughs> struggling on the pretty bus lately. Okay. Okay. Enough. Okay. So. Let's go ahead and get into our episode this week. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's it's a it's a tough one. It's one of those like our second episode we covered Casey Woody. This kind of like felt a lot like that researching it because it's just our subject. She's so young mm-hmm. and it's just it's so tragic. You know, her story is just so tra- tragic. Um, and actually, so. We're recording on Sunday, but this episode will drop on Tuesday like it normally does. And Tuesday, June 9th, is the 25th anniversary of the disappearance of Morgan Chantel Nick. Morgan Nick. And this is a very infamous case um, in Arkansas and really throughout the U.S. and the world. Um, So we hope we do this justice. Um, Right off the bat, I just want to go ahead and credit the sources that I got most of my information from. Excuse me. Um, There was... A case uh, for 2020 NBC by Veronica Fulton. Great information. Um, there was America's Most Wanted that had a little bit of information on her case. Uh, true crime, true crime articles. An uh, article by Craig Berry. Um, there was a couple newspaper clippings and archives. Arkansas Online had some. Um, a couple other Arkansas news sources had some articles. THV had a good timeline of events. Uh, Arkansas Magazine. Um, we've we've used we've talked about AY Magazine before, and we've used an article by uh, Janie Jones before, um, and she writes some really really good stuff for that magazine, as well as the MorganNickFoundation.com. Please visit that MorganNickFoundation.com, and it, Andrew will post the sources in our podcast link in the show notes information, and um, <clears throat> yeah, okay, are we ready? Let's talk about sweet Morgan Nick. Um, so our story takes place, um, in June of 1995, which we were pretty young then. We're about five years old. Yeah. Stephen was a little bit older. I'm, I'm the old one. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I shaved so my grays wouldn't show. Perfect. You you should wear a touch of gray. You should just put that in your hair so you can accept the grayness. A little, little frosting. Exactly. Be a silver fox, right? Silver fox. (laughs) With okay. that, with that face for, I'm just kidding. Okay. Oh. All right. This is about Morgan. So Morgan um, was a very shy, sweet, blonde hair, blue eyes, six-year-old girl from Ozark, Arkansas, which like most of our stories is in like the West, Northwest area of Arkansas, which I think we covered a story in Ozark or Alma. 
I think it was, I think it was Dr. Becky Johnson. I don't recall. Andrew will know. Um, she was the older. She, there was three children. She was older sister to Logan and Taryn. She loved kitty cats. She had a kitten that she adopted from a local shelter in Ozark. And she named her kitten Emily, which is like, what a precious name for a cat. I think it's always funny when people have pets with people names. Does that make sense? Like, yes, I, have I love a, that. I have a friend whose dog's name is Katie. And she talks about Katie. And I'm like, who's Katie? And she's like, my dog. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so her little sweet kitten, Emily, she just loved her. And, uh, Morgan's mother, Colleen said, quote, she set her heart on that cat and it slept in her bed every night. And there's an adorable picture of Morgan and Emily. And I'll post that online, uh, with our post on Tuesday. Uh, <clears throat> Morgan was a member of the Girl Scouts. She thought bubble gum was a food and she didn't like to run and play outside because it made her sweat, which is like, Morgan, you're you're my spirit animal because absolutely, I wasn't a Girl Same. Scout, but I love I love bubble gum, and I I don't want to sweat. I don't like to sweat, so I feel that, and I love this. When she grew up, she wanted to be a circus performer and a doctor. That is amazing. Those are like two of the best professions. I love that so much. What did you want to be when you grew up? I think I just always defaulted to a teacher because that's what I remember a lot of my, especially mm-hmm. girl classmates would say. Oh, yeah. So usually just a teacher. Teacher? Yeah. Steven? <clears throat> I went through a series of career ambitions. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. Um, let's see here. Wildlife biologist. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Still kind of want to be that. Um, then an optometrist. Okay. So in uh, career orientation, eighth grade, got to shadow one. I was like, oh yeah, this definitely what, doing this. this. Do. Yeah, and then let's see. Uh, later, I wanted to do. Uh, oh yeah, we we were actually going through the garage the other day, and I found something from like junior high, and I, it was like an article, and I had won something, and they said, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And in that moment of life, it was a speech pathologist. Oh. So, you know, it, it really switched year to year. Um, I cycled back to wildlife biologist when I graduated and then became an economics major. And now I'm a dental hygienist. So everyone stay tuned. <laughs> you've, been, you've been all over the place. I've literally danced around all of them. I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> I do no teeth. <laughs> that master of teeth I, master of teeth there we go yes. a great thing to be master of well i think so we you need them yeah yeah you, well no you don't it's definitely well handy. that's true that 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 is true it's definitely handy to have them we can now do implants and fake teeth which For implants your, are but yeah temporary removable fake teeth which are really gross by the way and you have well, to take them out of somebody's mouth i bet you know that well you know I work on one end and y'all work on others. <laughs> what end do you think we work on? Well, that's, yeah. We work on hearts. Do you know what we do? I, I do. Do you I, even know us? I, I do. Okay. I, I, <laughs> okay, so on June 9th, 1995, we're, we're on this day. And on this day, a family friend asked if the Knicks wanted to come to a Little League game in Alma, which is about 30 minutes from Ozark. Um, and the game, it started kind of late for a Little League game. It was around 9 p.m., which I don't know Little League. I mean, I, I never, I don't know. I, I did all the sports and sucked at all of them. So I have no idea what time Little League games are supposed to be. But Morgan sat in the bleachers during the game with her mom. Um, but near the end of the game, a local boy and girl a few years older than Morgan named Jessica and Ty, they asked if Morgan could come catch fireflies with them in the parking lot, which was like behind the bleachers. And I have a picture of that baseball field, um, which is actually no longer there. But um, so it's it's an older picture, but I will post that uh, when I post uh, on Tuesday for the episode. <clears throat> so initially, Colleen was pretty hesitant about her going to, to, you know, going away. She wasn't familiar with the area. She was in a place she didn't know. So initially, Colleen said no, but she recalled kind of that people always said she was too protective and that Morgan was so excited and wanted to play, which was kind of unusual for her because she was so shy. 
So Colleen, just she relented and said, okay, just right back there where I can see you. And the other parents assured Colleen it was a super safe area. They let their children play in the parking lot often during the games, and it was no big deal. So Colleen recounted in an interview with NBC, quote, she threw her arms around my neck, kissed my cheek, then the kids all ran out to the parking lot. I could turn my head and see that she was right there in sight, and I checked on them three or four times. Um, So the game ended around 1045 p.m. Uh, Colleen, excuse me, Colleen watched as the team, like the teams that were playing, made their way back to the bleachers. And so she momentarily turned her back to Morgan. And when she turned back around to check, Colleen could see the other two children, but did not see Morgan with them. So she started to get kind of, you know, frantic. Of course, you think the worst thing, I'm sure, I don't have kids, but... I'm sure your mind goes to the worst possible thing because mine, at least mine always does. Um, But the children did not seem alarmed. And they told Colleen that Morgan was emptying sand from her shoes at Colleen's car. Like she was like leaning on it, emptying her sand from her shoes. So knowing there was like literally nowhere to go at the park. It's a small little park. You'll have to see the picture. There's like no concession stands, no bathrooms. So Colleen began to kind of panic because she could not see Morgan. She could not put eyes on her. So uh, within a few minutes, after they could not find Morgan, like Colleen went back to the car. She's looking around everywhere. There's like 100 people milling around, leaving, moving, a lot of movement. So she's kind of panicking because she does not see Morgan anywhere and nobody sees Morgan. Um, So within a few minutes, a bystander called the police to report Morgan missing. And the police arrived very quickly. They arrived six minutes later. Um, So Chief Russell White said the initial officer on the scene, after speaking with the two children who were playing with Morgan, he thought they might have a bigger problem. Uh, So they went and questioned the uh, Ty and Jessica. They, They questioned them and they questioned them separately. And both of them stated that they had seen a, quote, creepy man in a red pickup truck with a white camper shell in tow. And this man had been talking to Morgan when they made their way back to the bleachers and Morgan was emptying her, the the sand from her shoes. The man, other people had seen him and he was described as being a white male between the ages of 25 to 38, around six feet tall with a medium build, build, with a mustache and a one inch beard and dark or salt and pepper hair that was slicked back. And he was noted to speak with a, quote, hillbilly accent, which is pretty common up there. This information was used to make the initial police composite. And the rest of the composite was speculation based on investigation and tips that came in. And there are two different composite sketches. And I will post them both online. They look a little bit different from one another. Like, they they could be, you know how composites are. They're very, like, objective. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's... They could be anybody, and they it just looks like two dudes, and it, two they really looks like two different dudes. But one of them was made at the time, and then one of them was made a little while, a few years later. I think cl- close to a released age progression picture that they had made of Morgan. So there's two different ones. I'm going to post both of them. Maybe it's your uncle. Please let us know. Um, <clears throat> so where was I? Ba 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 ba. So that night, the night of the abduction, Colleen headed to the Alma Police Department. And she, I think it's Alma. Is it Alma? It's not Alma. We say Alma. Is it Alma? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not familiar. Oh, you're, fr- you're from up that way. Oh, my gosh. We have a real Northwesterner here, you guys. <laughs> because all of our murders and all everything takes place there. That is an awful area. Why did you live there? How are you so nice and you lived there? That is a terrible for real though for real so we were like my hometown is probably 45 minutes to an hour away from there really um but so you probably remember this pretty vividly then yes i did not live in arkansas when this happened Mm -hmm. so i i don't recall this so yeah so you probably there's probably a lot of panic around then especially since we're 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 close to the same age as she is Mm -hmm. so i can imagine there's probably a lot of panic yeah i remember 
of course, at the time we were super young and I didn't know all the details. Right, of course. But my siblings, um, they played sports like baseball and football and that kind of thing. And I just remember my mom would never let me go anywhere. Really? Like I just always had to stay in the stands, which was fine. But especially now being older and rereading her story and just seeing what yeah Morgan's mom went through, I totally get it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you don't. And like she said, I mean, it was a safe area. Morgan was right there. I mean, and it's not not saying it's Colleen's fault. It's it's nobody. It's nobody's at fault except the perpetrator. And right. and you can't, you know, if she blames herself, she shouldn't. Absolutely not, because it is it, it is it's a small town. It's a safe area, mm-hmm. you know, and that's an unexpected thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So excuse me, Alma. I beg beg your pardon, <laughs> Northwesterner. So um. She went to the police department and she called her husband and she said, quote, you have to come to Alma. Morgan is missing. And I just can't imagine having to make that call to my spouse, like your child, like reading this, reading the article, it made me feel panicked because I was just Mm -hmm. thinking of like my niece and nephew, my little niece and nephew. If that happened, I mean, I think I would throw up like I just can't imagine. No, I can't either. So the investigation, of course, began immediately. Um, and so they found, uh, interesting, earlier the day of the 9th, earlier that day, another, another similar report had been made of a man in a red truck attempting to lure a four-year-old girl, but the attempt was thwarted by the child's mother, and she made sure everybody around her heard and knew, which is good. And then on the 10th, the next day, another report came in of a man matching Morgan Abductor's description unsuccessfully attempting to lure a nine-year-old girl into a men's restroom at a convenience store about 15 miles away from Alma in Fort Smith. So it's like, okay, creepy dude, go away. Like, or let, let the Lord smite you down, please. It definitely sounds like in all of those encounters, it's the same person. Absolutely. Same description mm-hmm. and like the same, the fact that he has such an identifiable vehicle mm-hmm. with a red truck with the white camper toe, you know, or white camper shell in tow, like on the and back of it. And all of his targets yeah. are young girls. Young girls. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it, it's a, it's a serial thing here at this point. So <clears throat> the, the investigation, like I said, began very quickly. Uh, the local police department, they quickly reached out to additional agencies, knowing that they were a small town with small, you know, with limited resources. So they asked the community for photos or videos of that night at the ballpark to help get pictures of the suspect. I don't really know if anybody had any of him. I didn't find anything like that. Um, but they asked for anybody that was there to to give them their videos and photos to try to see if they could see him. Um, they also collected cigarette butts, bottles, and other litter from the park and swabbed all those items for DNA, not knowing if any of it even belonged to the suspect. Um, and they had a lot of DNA profiles to sort through. So um, I, I, I don't know about all of them. You know, I don't know what what all, what became of all that. So the FBI brought in, they were a big help. They brought in a large crew. They had this big computer that they brought that could handle the information that they needed to put on it. It had bigger, I guess, processing power because this is 1995. And they even brought a mobile investigation unit. So a courtroom was turned into a call center for all the tips that just came flooding in. Uh, A storage shed had to be purchased for this case alone and for all the tips and paperwork that came along with it. The fire station was across the street from the storage area and from the call center at the court at the courthouse. Um, and the Knicks moved into the fire station for six weeks as it became like volunteer headquarters. And because they said they didn't want to go home without Morgan, they gave police the keys to their house in um, in Ozark and were just like, do what you need to do. Like, we're going to stay here. You make yourselves at home at our house, but we, we don't want to go home without Morgan. Which is, of course, of course you don't want to, yeah. So Colleen and the other volunteers, they immediately began pounding the pavement. They started setting up search grids. They hung up flyers. They passed out flyers uh, all over, not just in Alma, 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 but all over. Um, And Alma, even though it wasn't the community that they lived in, 
all the residents of Alma, they rallied around the Knicks and were there for them and helped them and were wonderful. And the police department, um, Colleen had said the police department, even though they were small, they were on it from the beginning and they were, they were, they took her seriously. Cause you know, you hear about a lot of cases where they're like, maybe she's a runaway mm-hmm. and they were, they were like, no, this is no, they were on it yeah. immediately. So they did good work. Um, Colleen even went as far as she faxed urgent information to then president Bill Clinton about the federal government needing to react quicker with nationwide bulletins when children go missing, um, which we'll kind of talk about a little bit later. Um, but unfortunately, uh, their efforts were in vain. Morgan could not be found. So the investigation continued. Um, and in January, 2002, a tip came in that Morgan could be found on a private property in Boonville, Arkansas, which is that up, is that up in the Northwestern way? I think it is. Um, I'm honestly not sure of the exact location of it, but I've definitely, you know, heard, heard of it. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've heard of it. Couldn't tell you where it's at. Geography is, is, is not for me. Um, so tip came in, we're going to be found on the private property in Boonville. Um, police said the tip was so specific that they were certain they would find evidence. But after a backhoe to dig up the property, they, they brought in a backhoe to dig up the property. They used it all day. And at the end of the day, the search was concluded with nothing, no new information gained. So fast forward about eight years. In 2010, a property in Spiro, Oklahoma, which is not far from Fort Smith. Fort Smith is right on the Oklahoma-Arkansas border. Um, so a property in Spiro, Oklahoma was searched for DNA evidence of Morgan uh, being present there at some point. The resident of the same property was also questioned in connection with the case, but no DNA evidence was found. Uh, In June 2012, so two years later, this piece of work, a lady named Tanya Smith from Hollister, Missouri, was arrested for attempting to assume Morgan's identity with false documents and everything. I put in the comments in my notes, I put real nice, like it said that she was like trying to like get her birth certificate and everything. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? And like the police were like, you do realize this is a hope high profile, like case and name. No, that is not you. <laughs> like for real. People are unbelievable. Absolutely. Why would you be a piece of garbage like that? Okay. I, okay. Yeah. That was a terrible thing to do. Way to go, Tanya. So fast forward another five years in December, 2017, the same property that they searched in Spyro, Oklahoma, uh, in 2010, they searched it again because they got another tip that came in. So they searched it again in connection with Morgan. They had been told there was a well on the property uh, that they should look at. So that was at the center of the investigation this time. And a bunch of equipment was brought in to dig and excavate the property. But after 10 hours, investigators concluded their search of the property with no additional evidence found. Um, and the last piece of information I could find um, for recent information and everything on the case was in 20 October, 2018. So Edward Keith Renegar, um, he was named a person of interest in the case. Uh, he was interestingly also named the main suspect in the 1990 murder. excuse me. Blah, 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 blah. 1990 murder of Pamela Felkins. He passed away in 2002, but investigators still remain interested in him for Morgan's case because of a couple things. He drove a red Mazda truck with a white camper shell, which is like a big red flag. He served a 10-month sentence for kidnapping and was released one month before Morgan's disappearance. And he attended a nearby college that, you know, in that area. So he was in the area of the time of her disappearance. So he seemed like a very interesting person, but... I mean, he, he died, what, how, how long ago was 2000? Almost 20 years ago? Uh-huh. I mean, what, I mean, there's, I don't know. Okay, so here's the aftermath um, of Morgan's disappearance. So, like I said, you know, this, this episode drops on Tuesday the 9th, and it will have been 25 years today, Tuesday, since Morgan's disappearance. Um, and she stands resolutely in the minds of her family and other Arkansans and people across the world with their own missing children. Uh, there are over 80 websites dedicated solely to Morgan, which is insane and really shows her legacy. And this is still very much an active case. This is not a closed case uh, with tips 
25 years later, tips are still coming in. So investigators can't give out just a whole lot of details because it is considered an active case. So they can't give out too much. But Colleen, uh, Morgan's mom, she speaks with families involved with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children uh, to help them cope with what she and her family have gone through, which is an awful ordeal. And I, I can't imagine So in 1996, Colleen founded the Morgan Nick Foundation located in Alma, and this nonprofit offers support to families with missing children and helps acts as a liaison with police and the media. And the Morgan Nick Foundation hosts a yearly conference called Project Hope for Families with Long-Term Missing Children, which the fact that that's even a thing is so sad. Long-Term Missing Children. Okay, I'm not going to cry. Colleen, she tours Arkansas talking with school children about stranger danger, internet safety, being home alone, all all those things that kids need to look out for. Uh, But most notably, I think something that we all as Arkansans uh, know Morgan's name because of uh, most notably to come from Morgan's disappearance is the Morgan Nick Amber Alert of Arkansas. So Arkansas was one of the first states to organize a statewide Amber Alert, which we probably all heard of Amber Alerts, but Amber Alerts, they had been used in large cities and communities nationwide, but they hadn't been like a state endeavor. So with Morgan Nick's disappearance, with her foundation and with Colleen's efforts, uh, the our state of Arkansas made a statewide alert and named it the Morgan Nick Amber Alert. So Amber stands for something... Andrew, you're going to have to edit this because I'm going to look it up. So um, Arkansas yeah, was the first to use the statewide uh, Amber Alert, native, the Morgan Nick Amber Alert. And the Amber Alert was, uh, is an acronym, actually. It's America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response. And it was named after Amber Hagerman, who was a nine-year-old girl that was abducted and murdered in Arlington, Texas in 1996. So... Um, you know, it's kind of sad that it was a year after Morgan's disappearance before there was even an alert like that. But it's it's good that that change came along. And it's great for Arkansas that they made a statewide effort. Um, so the Amber Alert is named after Amber Hagerman. And then Arkansas is the Morgan Nick Amber Alert, which is wonderful. Um, so I have a couple co- quotes from Colleen here. And these are these got me in the feels. So Colleen has said, quote, she's not a number. She is not a statistic. She is not a case file. She is a daughter. She is a sister, a granddaughter, a friend, and she is someone worth fighting for. If you're not on the front line fighting for your daughter, no one else will. So it is my job to make sure she never gets lost. Until someone can prove to me that Morgan is not coming home, then I am going to fight for her, which is exactly the heart of a mother. You know, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to tear up. Okay. And another, there was a quote from the Arkansas, Arkansas state police, their, their Morgan Nick Amber alert website. It's from another, it was a, it's a sweet message from Morgan's parents. And it says, quote, sweet Morgan, there are not words enough to describe how much you are missed, how deep our sorrow is without you here, how our hearts are broken more each day you are gone. We have been searching for you for so long now, more than a lifetime. We feel cheated every day that we do not see your smile, hear your bubbly laughter, or listen to your thoughts and ideas. We have never stopped believing we will find you. No one can prove you are not out there somewhere, longing to come home. We will fight with an army or by ourselves, but we will not give up. You are deeply loved and worth fighting for. We are coming for you. Love, Mom and Dad. Like, come on now. Like, that is so... I can't, I mean, 25 years. I got cold chills just hearing you read that. Really? Mm-hmm. It, I mean, I read that and I was like, keep it together when I was researching it. Because 25 years not knowing what happened to your baby girl. And I just, it it's wonderful. You know, I've, I've kind of talked a little bit before about some, some of my past difficulties with situ- situations, which, you know, with the divorce and everything and how it's, it's hard to cope with. So it's easier when you take something that's so hard and you turn it into something positive. Mm-hmm. And Colleen's done such good work with the Morgan Nick Foundation, with um, Project Hope, that yearly conference, and making herself available to talk with people who are in the same situation 
because I mean, I, I just, what a terrible, what a terrible thing not to know where your baby, just to not have that closure. I can't imagine to have to like come to grips with that. And I don't have kids. I know y'all do. And I just, I just can't sweet sweet grant he is like the cutest little thing he's my buddy man he he's my he's my furniture shopping buddy and i just like i don't want to think about things like that um okay that's sad i'm going to give out some numbers if you or anyone you know have information please call the alma police department that number is 479-632-3333. Again, 479-632-3333. That is the Alma Police Department. Alma. Alma Police Department. And you don't have to remember all these numbers. Andrew will put them in the show notes. Um, Morgan Nick Foundation. Important one. 479-632-6382. That's an easy one. 479-632-6382. Or toll free at 1-877-543-4673. The National Center for Missing Children, 800-843-5678. 800-843-5678. Please, 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 if you have any tips, any information that could lead to, to closure, to finding Morgan, anything, please call those numbers. Any tip helps and any any of it matters. If you had an uncle who drove a red truck with a white camper on top in 1995, if you had a brother that did the same, if you have a dad that did that, please, 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 please call one of those numbers. Let them know. Any little bit helps. And that's the 25th anniversary episode of Morgan Nick's disappearance. I think that the thing that is so painful about all of it mm-hmm. is that the closure part yeah and and the unrest yes because uh, you would feel you would feel like you could never rest exactly and that's a, you know i thought about the same thing like you wake up There's, every morning and there is no rest and no. then if you ever do catch yourself resting you feel like yeah that's wrong right on your part i it's a it's a very very sad thing and it's remarkable their resilience and dedication i'm telling you colleen is a hoss of a lady i mean she is a powerhouse to be able to like turn this pain into the into the wonderful things she's done yeah you know i I, and you may not know the information or the answer to this but the the tips that they received mm-hmm. in Spyro and in uh, was it Boonville, well, yeah. which is actually a, I looked it up while you were talking. It was uh, <laughs> it's like between um, I think it's like between Ozark and Paris. I think so. It's in the north. It's it's kind of it's kind of yeah, Western yeah. Arkansas. I'd yeah. say. But those tips. Mm-hmm. Any idea like? How those tips came to be? I don't. I really don't. Because they're, I mean, so specific. They're, they're kind of on the same plane, but like, yeah, very specific locations. I don't. Know. And I, I would be curious. Did you have the dates when those tips came? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. It was. There was a couple. There was one in two thousand two. That yeah. was Boonville, so. which was what seven years mm. after her disappearance, uh-huh. and then, which is weird to think that ninety five in two thousand two is only seven years. Isn't that weird? It seems like a whole anyway. Um, 2002, 2010, 2012, and then went, uh, well, that's when the lady took her, tried to take her identity, 2012, 2017, and then 2018. Hmm. It was, it was the main tip. I just wonder if it was people, I mean, and, and they probably, it's active, so they can't. Right, right. They can't disclose any of that. I just wonder, you know, it makes you wonder, was it someone who remembered what happened that day? Was it? completely new that would be very and someone read about know. it and said yeah. hey speaking Check of that this out. yeah I, i'm curious because of the the lapse of time i don't know and the fact that they came back to the same place twice like what made that uh-huh. happen i don't i don't know that's a very good question and this is part i mean i'm sure like the nick family is far more involved with that and is privy to information that we're not privy to but 
I, I wonder if they like tell her family like this came in and we're searching this or we're looking at this person. I wonder if they're, I wonder if they're allowed to know. I don't know. I would be very curious to know how those tip, like what, why, why they were so adamant and sure that so it was two different locations, but then they did three different searches. So like, why, why? Hmm. That's a good question. I can't answer it. Something wasn't right there. Something something was very specific that made them think that. And then, like, I was watching uh, my favorite show, uh, Forensic Files, of course. Um, I was watching an episode that I've seen probably about 20 times. And it <laughs> it's one where a guy, this, this older gentleman, murdered his wife um, and buried her in their crawl space in the basement, of course. Um, and... Like they were, the police were certain that they, that she was there and they came and they dug and they didn't find her. But then they brought like, then they brought in like ground penetrating, like radar, sonar. I don't know. Some kind of equipment to be able to see into the ground. I don't know. Like they do on Jurassic Park, um, brought some of that and they went over it and they saw, they could see like th- through that, like a density in the floor that it could not penetrate through. They just had, they didn't dig far. They didn't dig down far enough oh my goodness and they like cadaver dogs like like targeted this that spot Mm -hmm. and like they dug it that they didn't find her and then they came back and just realized they didn't dig far enough and they dug again they found her so it's like maybe those places did you know the fact that they went to that one place twice Mm -hmm. twice i don't know maybe they just didn't not not saying that they didn't do a thorough job but and it's not their fault it's like a needle in a haystack you know yeah so it's like maybe they just didn't go down far enough. But if they had a backhoe, they probably went down pretty far. Yeah, and if they dug into a well, I mean, those are really deep. Yeah, really, really, really deep. Mm-hmm. I wonder, well, gosh, that was, I was going to say, I wonder with technology now if they could whatever, but that was in 2017. So that wasn't, yeah. my dog is dreaming next to me. <laughs> Hold on. That was him breathing. I thought he was going to growl in his sleep. He was so cute. Um, Oh. Oh, there he! Oh, there he goes again. Andrew can edit this out. Oh my God, he's like spazzing. Okay, you guys can't see this, so it's not interesting to you. It's only interesting to us. Okay, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. These are tough questions, and another reason why it's such a hard pill to swallow this case because, you know, nobody just disappears. You know, somebody knows something. Somebody knows something yeah and like you said with alma being such a tight-knit community and just a small town where everybody does know everybody like some someone had to have known something and even if he was like a traveler you know coming through that makes it more difficult but Mm -hmm. i don't know somebody somebody knows something out there somebody out there knows something okay let's do a little bit of detoxing. Are you ready? We're ready. Okay. Steven, let's talk about fingernails. I know very little. <laughs> so before we started recording, I got these bougie nails from static.com. They're awesome. They're press-on nails, but don't they look really good? They look very natural. They do. And like the other ones look really good. Well, uh, I went on a date last night that was, it was wonderful. Um, And I was like, you know what? I want to get fancy. I had been in the yard all day. I felt super gross. And then like. Your yard looks great. Thank you. I am so proud of it. Your your yard. I I seriously, we we pulled up and I said, Oak, who does her yard? She said, Caitlin does. And I was like. (laughs) No, and I had just mowed and weeded it before I came, so I felt less than adequate after I saw your yard. <laughs> it I does look like, pretty well, good. <laughs> I was very proud. Like I, I crisscrossed. I did checkers Ooh, in mine, that's and, nice. and then I saw yours, and you had the, the little nice edging, and I was like, "Wow, thank you." I so, work really hard on it. I get fried every weekend just for that. man. Because <laughs> I, but look, I showed y'all before. I mean. I built. I think I finally my very Irish self built up a little little base tan because I got burned on Saturday yesterday. I got burned on Saturday, and it's already like I'm not burned, but I really had to get skin cancer to get there. So <laughs> probably not the best. Um, 
No, I did. My dad, my parents came to visit me today just to stop by. They brought their old patio equipment for me that I can use. And um, my dad pulled up and he was like, who did Caitlin pay to, who, who did Caitlin start using for her yard? And I was like, mm-hmm, I know that's right. I I got my, I'm doing, doing it all myself. You I am may pretty, have a new side gig. I'm going to, I'm going to beat out Corey Rose. Yeah, I'm you gonna, are. I, I, it's going to be my business now. Huh. <laughs> Okay, nails. So I felt gross after doing the yard yesterday. And I was like, I'm going to put these nails on because I want to feel pretty. They're far longer than I thought they were. I have never had nails on this long. And I am having difficulty doing things. And like, these are nails for people that don't do things. Okay. (laughs) And I do like, listen. Ooh, that sounds good. Ooh, that's me tapping on things. ASMR that's like me uh, so that was me tapping on things but they are um they're they're fun but they're very difficult to do anything in and um so I called them my Kardashian nails Caitlin and I have been texting several times over the weekend and multiple times she'll send a misspelled word and she's like these dang nails (laughs) my Kardashian nails (laughs) This is for people that don't. I need voice to text uh, everything, basically. Um, but we, I, I, I prompted Stephen with a question. I was like, what nail shape are these, Stephen? And he was like, uh. And I said, okay, name the different nail shapes. And he was like, what did you say? Uh, well, my guess was conical. Oh, yeah, conical for this nail shape. Yeah. I think you made that up. Conical well, is a word. A, that is a shape. Yeah, it is a shape. Yeah, conical is like a almost like spherical, isn't it? No, it's like a pyramid. It tapers, sort of. Yeah, yeah, like a cone. Yeah, conical. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. oh it's yeah. all it all comes together now. Yeah. Conical with a cone? No way. Yeah. Um, and then you guessed that another nail shape name was uh, natural. Which I mean, I guess you're not wrong. Well, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what you call it really it's a interesting so, so do you remember the name of this of the shape uh yes it was uh <sighs> i am not a nail guy <laughs> i'm a tooth guy darn it I, yeah i am i yeah um this is coffin coffin remember coffin, coffin. I do so remember. it was like a very grim name that is a grim name for a very bougie nail. Wow. Uh, and what were some of the other nail shape names that we discussed? <sighs> we named them all. It, did you really name all of them? Mm, just about, yeah. So, standard? Mm, no, that's like that's like a tool shape or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's uh, not a nail shape. Remember, one of them is something that we eat quite a bit for a snack. Oh, cheese uh, <laughs> no, y'all don't we eat, eat for snack apples um it's in my trail mix oh my gosh what? raisin well, <laughs> i was sitting here i was in here like walnut, walnut? <laughs> that's I don't, favorite. Like, well, almond there you almond, go I, almond wow. almond is a shape almond almond can you remember yeah. any of the rest of them I seriously just remember those two. That's terrible. I'm Conical sorry. and natural. And no. <laughs> <laughs> almond and coffin. Almond, yeah. yeah. What else have we got there, uh, Oakley? There is almond, coffin, square, square. round, um, stiletto. Yes. Wow. What else? I'm Not a shoe. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Oakley sent me a really funny picture on Instagram. Okay. In the meantime, while you're looking that up, I have some questions to ask you. And then Andrew actually answered these questions so we can have his voice from afar. Okay. Are you ready? These are really good questions. I need answers from both of you. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Are you ready? We ready. Okay. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Coke. Man, I'm a Pepsi person. Oh, wow. Because uh, the literally the best soda I have ever had in my entire life, like it is a memorable soda. It was that good. It was at Wrigley Field in Chicago for the James Taylor concert. And it was the most incredible soda I've ever tasted <laughs> in my life. And I was like, is this really a Pepsi or is this heaven? And it was a Pepsi. And I was like, I'm sold. It's Pepsi forever now. <sighs> and the, but Andrew's answer was, he said, 
I know you will choose Pepsi despite living a lot of your life in Georgia, but I pick Coke <laughs> <laughs> because Coke is, I guess, based yeah. in Georgia. Yeah, yeah. I, in Atlanta, maybe? I've been there. The Coca-Cola bottling. Oh, really? It's very cool. Did you get free Coke? I mean, uh, Coca-Cola? No. You did but get free Coca-Cola? I, I have family in Atlanta. Oh, okay. And so we got, to, we got to go tour that, and it was really cool. How cool. But I picked it because of the polar bears at Christmas. <gasps> oh, yeah. I do like their mascot. That is a good mascot. I would pick Coke for their for their polar bear mascot, but yeah. Pepsi for the taste, right? There you go. Okay. Okay. Favorite fast food restaurant. This mm. is an easy Ooh, one. I love this. Oh, this mm. is an easy one for me. Go ahead. Mm. You go first. Oakley. Oh, I thought you were going to give us options. No, no. Just favorite. Okay. We don't have this here in Arkansas, but I would probably have to say in and out Burger. What about fa- something that isn't Arkansas? Oh. Sonic. Sonic? Okay. Okay. Sonic? <laughs> I don't even know you. Wow. I, I live for those breakfast burritos. Oh, really? They're so good. I do not. I love them. What about Steve then? Uh, you know, I, I like all of them. Um <laughs> Don't make me pick. I know it's it's so challenging. Um, if if someone was like, you can only pick one right now. Yeah, this is your final answer for forever. Yep, I would have to just default to Chick Fil A. Okay, all right, you got that Jesus chicken on uh, lock. Yeah, that's okay. right. I would have to say, if I had to pick one right now, because I have a hankering for it right now, Arby's. Oh no, that was high. It was high <laughs> up. We love Arby's. I uh, so there's an Arby's close to where I work. Uh huh. I hit it up. All the time. Just about every day. It's so good. Sometimes I forget my lunch at home on purpose. <laughs> Just to the say, tr- the truth I forgot comes my out. Lunch. The truth comes <laughs> out. Um, Andrew said his favorite, he said, Taco Bell was probably the easy and correct answer for me. The chicken quesadilla and whatever sauce is in it is so divine. <laughs> they are divine and friendly fact of the day. Uh-huh. Uh, check me on this. Don't quote me on this. Okay. But I'm pretty sure Pepsi owns Taco Bell. I know they serve Pepsi products at Taco I'm Bell. I'm pretty sure they own them. Really? Yeah. That's a heavy check statement. Check that out. I I'm not sure. Uh, somebody, hey. Disclaimer, I'm not sure. Somebody check for but us. check it. We're too lazy. I'm checking. Okay. Uh, it, it, um, okay. And yeah. I would have to say Taco Bell, it was like between Arby's and Taco Bell. Taco love, Bell's high up there. It's so high up there. Mm-hmm. I love, I love my T-Bell. You can't go wrong. Okay. <laughs> I like this, this one. Favorite crappy sit-down chain restaurant. <laughs> So, according to the Chicago Tribune, uh-huh. Pepsi, based in uh, New York, mm-hmm. owns Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, and KFC. Those are good restaurants to own. There you go. And it's Pepsi. Good job, Pepsi. There you go. Okay, so favorite crappy sit-down chain restaurant. Mm. Like, you know you know the ones I'm talking about. Chain? Yeah, chain. Like, you But know. a sit-down chain. Yeah. And they're just like very generic American. So, they don't have a drive-thru. No. But hmm. You know what I'm talking about? R- Ruby Tuesday. Yeah, like one of those. Okay. Yeah. That, is that yours? Yeah, it, it looked... It, oh, gosh. No no offense, Ruby Tuesday. I just, I, I've <laughs> caught a few where you're just like, ah, good, Ruby Tuesday. And you leave and you're like, ugh. Hmm. Ruby Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I Maybe it's just look of the draw, but... Yeah. Game averages it lost. What about you? I'm going to have to say Colton's. Oh, that's a pretty good one. I even think about Colton's. Mm-hmm. I love their um, their bread. What? Why did you laugh? You, you love their their crappy bread. I love <laughs> <laughs> I I love their crappy bread. Their <laughs> crappy set down chain. You just throw your peanuts on the floor. This <laughs> is a garbage place. Just throw your food on the floor, you people. You know, I I went to a Colton's and I love that you could throw your peanut holes on the floor. And then peanut holes? Yeah, isn't that what they're called? Peanut I, shells. Well, oh, said, I thought you said holes. You said oh, holes. No. no, I just can't talk. Okay. Um, and then I went to Colton's, and they're and like, they "Please don't, don't throw on the floor." And they don't do it. I know. I've oh been to both, gosh. and I'm like, "It's so clean." Do they sweep it as soon as you throw it? And they're like, "No, don't throw it on the floor. We have another bucket." I'm like, "Well, you then people." It's are not boring. Colton's. Let me see your business certificate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. Let me see your tax ID number. <laughs> Um, I gosh, that's a hard one. Um, I, I don't really group Outback with that because they actually have pretty good steak. Outback is good. So I want to call it like a crappy sit down restaurant. That's a hard one. Mm. Uh, maybe 
I'm going to have to go with Andrew's answer of Chili's. I think that's probably my favorite. Oh. Sit- I know. They have good margaritas. Um, but this was Andrew's answer. And so he, 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 he broke it down for us. He said, so this would be one of those mid-tier restaurants like Applebee's or TGI Fridays. Places that most people wouldn't really choose because they're not as good as a well-run local restaurant and they're not as convenient as a fast food place. He said, for me, the answer is Chili's. The skillet queso is actually really good and is even better than the supposedly great cheese dip from Stobie's. <laughs> he hates on Stobie's so much. He said, I also quite like their gross quesadillas. <laughs> um... I love Stobie's cheese dip, so quit your hating, Andrew. Okay. Okay. Best thing you can cook, like you yourself, but your be- your signature dish, the best one. Oh, I'm going first. Um, well, I, I don't think I can answer this about myself. Any suggestions? You have to. Oh. Okay, how about this? You say what you th- what your favorite you think your favorite dish is that you make, and then okay. Oakley, you tell me what your actually favorite dish is, and then vice versa, and then switch. Okay. I'm, I make a uh, honey barbecue meatloaf. No, you do not. Oh yeah, that sounds like really some panko really breadcrumbs and some panko. some Dijon mustard and uh, some Kansas City barbecue sauce. You are getting bougie with that. Yeah, bougie is. The- I use lean ground beef. Or venison. Uh-huh. It's 24 grams of protein a serving. Oh, my gosh. It's only like 300 calories. How do you... It's it, mainly from the sugar, from the honey. You're such a you're such a health nut. I can't with you. I Wait. am a closet Pinteraster. <laughs> <laughs> then you're not very closeted if you just admitted it. I did just admit it. I'm coming out of, of, the, Pinterest, <laughs> of the Pinterest closet, just to be 100% clear. Okay. Um, that sounds really amazing. That sounds really good. It, I, I please, like it. Please it's make that. And send it with Oakley to work so I can try it. I can do it. Okay. I'm excited <laughs> to try it now. I'm so excited. Okay. Oakley, what is your actual favorite dish that Steven makes? I do love the meatloaf, but I would have to say my favorite thing he makes is Sloppy Joes. Oh, Sloppy Joe, Slop, Sloppy Joe. They're very different than like your normal Sloppy Joe. And I, I'm pretty sure you got the recipe from Pinterest. No comment. <laughs> Is it, it what? What's so different I, about your sloppy joes? What makes them exquisite? They're very sweet. It's not like a normal like ketchup. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it has more of a sweet flavor. Okay, and I like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. I, I, I think it's some of it has to do with the brown sugar mm-hmm. I put in there. Little, little, little love with that brown sugar. L- little brown sugar. A little. Uh, you do the honey mustard, not the you are, mustard. You are heavy. But so, mustard is really a good versatile thing because it like has that bite to it. It does. And it kind of it kind of brings out some other flavors. Look at you. You're just a little Miss Susie homemaker. Oh, man. <laughs> you should see me in my apron. <laughs> Kiss the cuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not that far yet. But. <laughs> um, okay. Um, Oakley. No, no. Steven. What is your favorite no, no. How did we do this? Who goes first? You go first. I say what I think. Okay, okay. You you say good. what you okay. Okay. Um, I think I make a pretty mean quiche. A quiche? What kind of quiche? I usually put some ham, a little bit of bacon, cheese. Mm, you make one spinach. Well, that sounds pretty good. Um, quiches are hard to make. They're very difficult to perfect. Yeah. They can go bad. You can make it wrong real fast. Well, I've actually only made this one time. Oh, and so. <laughs> You got lucky. It turned out really well, and I still think about it because I'm proud of myself. Um, Steven actually is a better cook between us, so I was pleased with it. Well, good job. Okay, Steven, the actual. <laughs> Let me think back to the five times. Okay, uh, <laughs> um, so I, I like everything that Oak cooks, but. You're not a picky eater, are you? I'm not. A, well, I'm not. Yeah. Honestly. But she makes really good um, salmon patties. Ooh. And uh, the quiche is way up there. Oh. But but salmon patties is like top above quiche? Uh, I, I mean, they're right now they're neck and neck. Here's what you have to do, Oakley. Make a salmon patty quiche. Oh, wow. Just blowing it that out of the park. That would be good. <laughs> I would eat it. <laughs> There's a lot of those... Uh, Ooh, salmon I, hollandaise mm-hmm. breakfast yes, sandwiches those yes. are those are a really big thing amazing they're yeah. amazing that's what you have to do oakley i challenge you to make this quiche 
Okay, it's the, with the eggy base or whatever. It's got smoked salmon in it. Do smoked salmon. Okay. It has a, just a whole other level. Okay. Going to have some kind of like feta or goat cheese in it. I love feta cheese. Perfect. Do one of those. Um, we need like spinach. Do spinach. Oh, mm-hmm. my mouth is watering. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so um, do one of those. Um, what else can you put in there to really kick it up a notch? Bam. Bam. Emerald. What else? I Oakley. miss Emerald. Oh, and then do a hollandaise, like a little hollandaise drizzle yeah. on it. Oh I need to look God. up a good recipe for that. Oakley, make that. I challenge you. Okay. Famous quiche. You're going to be the quiche lady. I'll get on that. Okay. You guys cannot have any input. My favorite thing that I make, and I think it's universally the favorite thing, but it takes a long time to make, and that's the bothersome thing. It's a, a labor of love. It is a spinach pesto lasagna, and it is flipping incredible wow. i have to say that to sounds say. amazing it is amazing but it takes a wow. really long time to make uh-huh. it's worth it um andrew said the best thing can cook said spaghetti probably it's pretty simple really <laughs> <laughs> he said my favorite kind of recipe he said i think i really do a good job making it then again i did make it for a date once and she ghosted me <laughs> i don't think uh-huh. it was the spaghetti that was the problem but also maybe it was. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh man Poor guy okay Next question. What is your PB&J technique? How do you make your PB&Js? Mm. He says, I'll go ahead and read you his answer so you kind of know. Okay. He said, when making, a PB&J, <laughs> when making a PB&J sandwich, do you put the jelly and peanut butter on the same slice on two different slices? He says, I put them on separate slices and I always have the jelly slice as the top slice while eating. As a child, I was very particular about how other people made my sandwiches. I would always make sure that they would cut the sandwich diagonally. Also, how would you cut a sandwich? Diagonally or incorrectly? (laughs) Okay, so PB&J technique, how do you cut your sandwich? So typically when I make one, I put the peanut butter down first Mm -hmm. and then I mix it with the jelly. So I put it like on the same side, if so that you, makes sense. You do? Yes. You are a monster. And then I do cut it diagonally. You, okay. All right. You got it there. Okay. <laughs> Steven? So you put, you, you don't really mix it. You just put the jelly on top of the peanut butter. Yes. But once I get it on there, like I mix it a little bit kinda with like, the knife. Kind of uh, like twirl a little yes, bit. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. I've gone about every route you can go with this. <laughs> There's not a wrong way. There's not a wrong way. But. When I was a kid, interestingly enough, I would put the jelly on top too. I, me too. It's like the icing on the cake. And mine is, okay, there's a very specific reason. I agree with Andrew's statement. Wait, first, how do you cut your sandwich? Squares or diagonals? I don't cut my sandwich. You just go for it. Yeah. Okay. I just, I, I just grab it. I respect that. Yeah. Mad respect. I, I mean, keep it in its integrity. I like that. Just, just as a whole. Behold. Behold the whole. That's right. PB&J. Um, I'm a peanut butter on one side, jelly on the other. And I like more jelly than peanut butter because the peanut butter is so yeah. yeah. And I do the jelly one on top because it gets kind of soggy almost. And if you have the peanut butter one on top, the jelly one kind of sags down. And then if I do, I'm usually just a grabber and a goer. Yeah. But if I cut it, it is diagonals. Like when I cut it for like my niece and nephew want to make them sandwiches, it's diagonals. That's, that's probably how I am. I, it, it, if I cut it, it'll be done. It, yeah, yeah. Okay, last question. And Andrew's very, we've actually discussed this before, I think, on the podcast. This is a very serious question. Is pineapple acceptable on pizza? No. <clears throat> well, that's a hard no for me. It, you know, Grant <laughs> loves pineapple. He does. On his pizza. He eats pineapple and Canadian bacon. He usually gets his own. Uh, do you, you don't you don't just I, I don't have a problem with it okay i like it okay. but i don't order it like it's not something like a, i might but you would eat it oh yeah okay you enjoy There's not it much i don't eat that, on pizza you, i'm 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 getting that vibe not a very picky eater over here not too bad um mine is a is an adamant yes i love pineapple on pizza like not even like i don't even need ham on there cheese pineapple i'm good it's a sweet and savory mix it's like not mushy it adds a nice little decent just like burst of flavor uh andrew's palate is simply not refined he is vehemently against he is con that is just against pineapple on pizza Hmm. and it's okay to be wrong andrew it's okay (laughs) 
Andrew, you're not alone. <laughs> but it's it's just you have to have the refined palate to appreciate the sweet and salty that complement each other. No, Oakley, do you like um, do you like like Hawaiian chicken? Like no, it's not my favorite. Oh, I love that. Like I teriyaki love. and pineapple. Yes. So Huey's. Grilled pineapple is so good. Have you been to Huey's in Memphis? No. You should go there. They have like apparently famous burgers. Don't know. Never got a burger there. I always get, they have pineapple and chicken skewers and they're like teriyaki. Oh. They're so good. They're Sounds so, amazing. It's what I get every time. Creature yeah. habit. And that's it. That's the last of it. Okay. Guys, Oakley, Steven. Thank you so much for guest hosting with me this week um, since Sweet Andrew has to be with his family um, and we'll be thinking about them this week. Um, Guys, please visit us on Facebook, Paint the Town Dead. You can email us, pttdpod at gmail.com, Twitter, pttdpod, and Instagram, Paint the Town Dead, all one word. That's my favorite mode of social media. Um, Andrew's like pro Twitter. I suck at it. Whatever. Um, uh, again, check out the show notes for all of our sources. Check out the show notes for links. Um, we'll put a link to the episode in our Instagram and other posts on Tuesday. Um, please send us any information that you have. Um, let us know. Subscribe, like, rate, share, comment. Any, in, any action, interaction with anything helps. And we would appreciate it. And again, Stephen and Oakley, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having us. And I just want to say for Morgan Nick, you are not forgotten. You still have so many advocates out there for you. And um, we're going to fight as much as we can to help your mom and to get you back home. Oh, my God. Oakley, don't make me cry. Jeez. <laughs> Stephen, what what are you going to say now? It's, uh, it's, a, it's a very, uh, it's, it's pretty... I mean, it's 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 just sad. Yeah. Um, I can remember, you know, growing up. This was like, this is the earliest memory I yeah, have yeah. of of an abduction of a case type or something. thing like that. Yeah. yeah. And like Oak said, you know, you, you remember like everybody, um, you know, don't get far away. After yeah, that. yeah. 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 Um, so it it's, and it's Arkansas, and so it's small it's town. Very, you, you everyone that was around during that time it feels personal yeah absolutely and even so, now 25 years later it still feels very it's personal. very personal yeah and i want to say if colleen happens to ever listen to this thank you colleen for the work that you've done and thank you to the morgan nick foundation for the work that you continue to do for uh, missing children and for children long-term missing children as well exploited children all of that and for their families Guys, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. You can catch us again, same time next week. Episodes drop every Tuesday. And we look forward to chatting with you again, guys. Thanks so much. And goodbye. And for Andrew, goodbye.